This evening's Dharma talk is titled, This Moment. Is that correct? That's what I told you. This Moment. Whew, I'm going to say that. So, uh, this moment really doesn't have uh, the kind of status that, say, this hour, this minute, even this second. It has a, this, is, uh, this moment is something we talk about. Uh, we even say, uh, just a moment. I'll get with you in just a moment. And uh, it's uh, been said, and I'm saying, that it, it has no dimension to it. It's there, but it's an interesting concept, this moment, momentariness, momentum. It doesn't have any thickness to it. It has no, doesn't really have a dimension particularly, yet that's a very useful concept to, uh, that we use all the time. And so the, the sitting practice of meditation, shikantaza, zazen, holding still and watching, observing what it continues to move, uh, over time, by watching the movement, by watching the spaces, by watching the phenomena, which whatever is rising in any of the six sense fields, including the mind, we begin to kind of get used to the way that works. It's not like we could come out of that experience and begin to write a book about it particularly. On the other hand, if we're training ourselves in a way of just observing, just watching, without adding, I often say, don't add. And what I mean is, I'm not saying don't think, don't analyze, don't speculate, don't do all of that. But when you're uh, practicing sitting, medit sitting meditation, holding very still, hold this posture, you can't control the mind. I know you've tried. I can't. We can't. It'd be nice to go in and say, I'm going to turn that down a little. And this good feeling, I'm going to turn that up. We try to do that artificially, sometimes drugs, sometimes activity, sometimes, well, all kinds of things that we can do to modify our state of mind. We could use a, a meta, uh, the food metaphor, which I sometimes use, and other teachers have used also, that it's uh, studying the Dharma, which we do a lot of here, is like reading a, a menu, a recipe, reading concepts, ideas, uh, structures about something, about what is that about? What is that something? All kinds of structures and so on that help uh, bring us uh, further and further, more and more into the mandala in which there's a possibility of uh, realizing what this is fundamentally. And when you realize, and it's it's not even a when, because then it would be a particular part of time. So it tends to happen outside of time in terms of our experience, if it's even could even be called a happening at all. Because when you when you realize when there is, if there is that, then you're grandfathered in, you're grandmothered in your whatever the other ones are in. And you realize this, you've always known this. You've always known this innately, deeply. You've known this in here. Not here, not there. You may need this to get there and this to get there. If there's any arrival, it's here. And you won't know it. You'll have no proof. You won't even be able to brag about it. As it says in, I think, uh, Professor Walden can help me out here if I can't remember. In the Nirvana Sutra, it says, if you, if you realize something, this is delusion. If you don't realize anything, this is awakening or enlightenment. Am I close? So why would, why would, how would that even be helpful? I would not realize uh, we're always going around uh, not knowing, kind of not knowing something and wondering how can we get away from the not knowing and get more knowing because the knowing gives what? The self-centeredness, the seventh consciousness of the Klesha mind, a reference point, which is where it gets its oxygen from. It gets its sustenance from that. And so what we're doing when we sit down in front of a wall, as we're doing here, sit down, hold still for long periods of time, hours, days, months, weeks, and just observe what is happening. We begin to 
understand deeply what this is about, even in, in a conceptual sense. But the fundamental understanding uh, is not an experience. It may have some experiential overtones to it, but it's not an experience. Because if you have an experience, here's one, gone. Anything that arises is going away. So quite often the metaphor that we hear, and I've used many times because I think it's a, is unborn, unceasing with a nature like the sky. We need some kind of metaphor. Let's, let's use the sky. That's the one that is actually nothing that we impute blueness to. Or birds. Do you know birds were imputed? <clears throat> so there's no guarantee, as my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa, would say. It was what a wonderful thing to say to somebody at the same time you're encouraging someone to practice, practice, and then say, that there's no guarantee. You, might, you may never get there. You may never understand this. What a, what a great, what a, what a very respectful thing to, some, to say to someone instead of giving them some kind of tidbit. It's fundamentally, if you want fearlessness, then you're going to have to be hopeless. I'm not saying this in the negative sense. I'm saying without anything else, look, don't look ahead to anything else. This is fearlessness because there's no one that can be harmed. This doesn't mean you don't have nerve endings that can be abraded, of course. Some things hurt the eyes to look at. Some things hurt the ears to listen to. Some things hurt to touch, hurt to smell, hurt to think, hurt to feel. So we're not going to get away from the first noble truth. And there's no need to. Without the first noble truth, we can do this. As it says, I think, in the Diamond Sutra, it, it gives you something, and that takes you, it takes it away, and then it gives it back to you. Uh, what is a, is any, can anybody recite a line from that? This is an auspicious dharma. It's not an auspicious dharma, therefore it's not an personal to you. But anybody that can remember that, can you get, remember that? Well, it just seems like it's a regarding a statement about X is not a statement about X, mm -hmm. therefore you can say, therefore we say X. Exactly. So what is that? Why would they? Why would the author or authors of the of the Diamond Sutra or any other uh, text that uh, works with uh, with relative truth in the same way and, and endeavoring to point to the ultimacy, the ultimate nature of who you actually are? It's just a way of working with the thinking process in such a way that we don't get rid of it. We don't. You don't need to get rid of anything. You don't need to stop thinking. The fundamental realization, as far as I see it, and as far as it seems to be expressed in the Yogacara teachings is there's no subject and there's no object. Or should I say there's no object and there's no subject. There's just the perception. And even that's shaky. So this moment, what's being said, what's being uh, suggested and encouraged, if you're, you come in this room, you give me permission to talk to you, to say things. When you leave this room, do whatever you want to do. But consider this. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves without adding Subtracting or dividing passion, aggression, and ignorance. Don't do anything with it. No matter how wonderful it is, don't add. No matter how terrible it is, don't add. Just be there. Just watch what it does. Just watch what arises in any of the six sense fields. <clears throat> and by doing this, what you're doing, more metaphors, of course, you're kind of putting yourself into as if you're reading a recipe, reading a recipe, reading the menu, reading the instructions, reading the structure, reading what this is, Going back over it, like uh, whoever it is, whether it's uh, the Buddha, whether it's Vasubandhu, or whether it's Dogen Zenji, whomever it is, we just keep reading that so that if there is any kind of conceptualization going on in the mind, it is at least conceptually accurate. <clears throat> it's like a one-rung ladder, a metaphor that I like. There's one step is in it, but you may have to stand in front of that and look at it for a long time. What else are you going to do as well? Sit down, hold still, look at this wall. Look at our cottage cheese wall. 
hold still and watch. It's unlikely that the non-occurrence we call awakening will happen on the cushion. It's more likely that uh, that will happen in such a way that it's not even connected with anything. You could miss it. That's why I'm often saying to you, don't miss your life by covering up your neurosis. Be your neurosis. As uh, Trungpa Rinpoche said, be genuine. It took me decades to understand what that meant. And it's only in retrospect that I understand what I think he was looking at. He was saying, be a fool. Stop trying to be somebody else. Let the judgment come in. It's just like it's just like gravity. Stop interfering with gravity. Don't meddle with anything, including your mind. On the other hand, don't go the other direction and believe all your thoughts or your emotions. Same nerve endings, uh, soft and smooth and pleasurable, and same nerve ending. So don't miss your life. Whatever arises, don't agree. Passion, don't object. Aggression, and certainly don't distract yourself or look away. Ignorance, and all of the other in between and overlapping and underlapping questions, statements. When you say don't. Yes. And observe the adding. What's recognizable in the adding? You'll get better and better at it the more you watch the adding with the intention, and we can talk about intention if you want to, with the intention of not adding, but then you watch yourself add, but there's no addition to the adding of, oh, I shouldn't be adding. That's extra. Or there I go again. That's a cover-up that will cause the the, the, the the spinning of samsara to can take you into the next lifetime. More? Spit it out. <laughs> yes. Um, Mariah from Texas had a question. Yes. She asks, what does it look like to not meddle with your mind? Lonely. Until there until there's awakening, which is the way we have to talk about it, and then there's just you're just alone and you don't mind. You're, there isn't anyone else anyway. There isn't not only is there not anyone else, there isn't anything else. There's just this, always. And it's not separate. And for Mariah, that might be entail uh, a great deal of, of uh, watching disturbance come up and watching threats come up and doing nothing with it but watching it. Just watch. Just appreciate. It's like you're in a. It's like you're in a, the Museum of Modern Art. You're just watching all of the unreality arising in your mind, like Jackson Pollock paintings, or even more horrible, Francis Bacon. David. What's the game? <coughs> This, this small injustice. Conceptually, they're just a couple of concepts trying to uh, encourage you to keep the, everything very simple and very direct. It's it's a it's a called a direct perception, but it might not even be that. But we need to say something, so we're going to say that so that you can keep aligning yourself with that as your day goes on. When you get in your car, and reflect on this. Is this depend? How is this dependently arisen? What does this mean? To bring the teachings into your everyday door handle reaching and that that way that will get stronger and stronger and you'll be flooded with the dharma until you're not separate from the dharma and when you're not separate from the dharma uh you'll be tongue-tied you can't you can't teach the dharma unless you're tongue-tied yes um, retention you say perceptional yes it seems like that would be some endeavor to yes how can you intend something without solidifying that which you're just watch intending? the solidification just watch that you're solidified and don't interfere with that you don't want to interfere with something you're trying to study, so don't interfere with it. But it's, the ego mind starts to get worried when it starts to see that something may not look too good if people find out how you're solidifying. What if people knew? <laughs> totally embarrassing. So with regards to study, yeah. it seems like this, the concepts help us investigate. But without even knowing, unconsciously, subconsciously, we tend to go the concept without even this. Yes. So how can we, if we don't even know that's happening, how can we... You must know what's happening. You're telling me about 
Or are you talking about some other fool? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, please. Is there a way to work with the teachings and the studies so not using that energy, solidifying things instead of helping it, us? It's not, about not, it's not about don't solidify things. I don't teach that. I'm not saying people don't teach, uh, might teach that, and that's fine. They should teach whatever they want to teach. But I'm saying it's about awareness that you're solidifying. You don't, want to, you don't, don't interfere too quickly with your neurosis or your confusion. You actually, actually have to see, because eventually you're going to see that confusion and awakening are not separate things. They're not separate. It's not, they're not separate. It's an astonishing realization that completely uh, does, away of, uh, does away with a whole lot of things, like boredom. No longer bored with anything. What's cool? It's, it's a path, the ground path in fruition. The ground is suffering. The path is whatever, Sheila Samadhi and Prajna, or whatever you're doing to understand, to deepen your practice. And then, uh, and cool boredom has to do with that. Hot boredom has to do with that. Hot boredom is when you, when it's irritating to sit here and do nothing. Cool boredom is when you kind of like not having anything to do but sit there. But it's not awakening. It's just the path. Yes. Um, from San Hollow, Oklahoma. Yes, I know. He asks, how do you plan for the future while being in the moment? <clears throat> so, you know, in Sano, you know uh, what I say about plans. They don't work. You can't make a plan that works. They all fail. That's how you know it's a plan. So I would say just do a little bit of that. Not too much planning, but a little bit. It would be helpful. I mean, I could say more about that, but I'd, I need to, I would have to address what it is you're referring to. I'm kind of imagining, what, what would Sano be? investments or something. (laughs) And then uh, Mariah has a follow-up question. Yes, Mariah. Uh, Will you explain what you mean by solidifying? Taking something that is is, uh, not not, uh, kind of moving around, uh, but is aggravating or that we don't like its lack of, of, um, that it's a nebulous quality, and so we lock down on it. That's one way. And the other way is, Solidity, some kind of uh, uh, sometimes called fixation, gives the self-centered mind, the ego mind, a way of hanging on to something so it doesn't have to be aware of how, of how threatened it is. So it's a way of fixating on an idea, clamping down. You all, all of us have had the experience of somebody, we get mad or somebody get upset with somebody, and then that person comes and says, oh, it's okay. I'm really sorry that I like, caused you some discomfort. And, but we're already into the anger part, and we want to just stay angry. We, we don't want anybody apologizing to us. It felt kind of good to be pissed off. Another form of uh, the self-centeredness, the ego mind tends to do that. So the uh, sitting practice of meditation and the study that we're doing, studying the two wings of the bird, the intuition facing the wall, and the conceptual mind or the thinking mind or what the ego wants to control is, uh, is we introduce, oh, you want to control something, uh, you know, uh, study Yogacara. Let's <laughs> here control less. <laughs> so and it introduces us to a, a labyrinth of ideas that have a relative kind of accuracy and resonate with our with our deep understanding. That's why it's such a so magnetizing to go into this material for some of us, maybe not for all. But this is why I often say it's not important to understand it. You just need to study it. So when people say I don't get the Buddhist unconscious, I'm not studying anyone. You don't need to understand it. And of course, we want to understand it, but to, to come in with that reaction right away, it doesn't. You're actually not going through your own uh, layers, your own uh, preconceptions, and uh, about the material. A lot of it isn't the material at all. It's it's just our own uh, ignorance. Yes. Basic. What do you mean by threatened? 
Well, it's it's threatened in the sense that the 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 it's it's unreal. It doesn't want to know that. It's still keeping some kind of hope or or fear, hope and fear. The the uh, it's been said the, those are the those are the the bandits of, of hope and fear are are laying in wait for your wisdom mind, your centaur. I'm just going to attack that centaur, and so we need to uh, we need to stabilize. So we do that on the cushion. So it's it's what's uh, has been said before. What's uh, what's real and valuable is not threatened. You can't threaten reality, and you're not separate from anything anywhere. Can't be threatened. But we 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 go into uh, Trunk Rinpoche's uh, um, metaphor as a cocoon. He teaches in the Shambhala teachings the idea that we build a cocoon of ideas and protections and opinions and beliefs and so on around us to keep us from experiencing a, an open dimension of being that is uh, fearless and hopeless. Can't, you, can't have uh, hope doesn't work if there's no past and no future. <laughs> you talk okay, sir. become a butterfly. <laughs> Don't you think it's kind of corny? <laughs> Easy. So it, it's pretty. So it, it's just fear or or some kind of distraction that that is running us in some way. Some kind of a the causes and conditions that arises any human being or anything are just so you you just can't. Uh, my goodness, you just can't find uh, the all the hidden tributaries and so on. They're just so. So it's so complicated, but what you can find, you can find this, and everything is available right here, right now, in this moment. You, you don't, we don't even know what's happening in our stomach. Like I often say, if we were put in charge of our whole body, we'd be dead because we wouldn't know how to digest our food. You think I know there's some kind of chemical I'm supposed to produce there. Uh, what's the uh, plan? Well, I think the plan is, uh, not to, and, and don't don't misunderstand. I'm not saying we shouldn't plan, but just be very aware that anything you set up as a plan, you're going to have to shift it around. So the intention might have more of a of some kind of attitude based on a bigger picture kind of idea. So you have the intention to get a degree so you can do something with your life that would be interesting. So, but how you would go about doing that, the plan part might be changing quite a bit. At least that's how it seems to me. What do you think? You mean like a disease should be treated? <laughs> Everything should be treated with awareness practice. And so I, I, I think it would be so specific and so personal that more awareness around that and less grasping, less rejecting, Less passion, aggression, and ignorance if you can. So in other words, don't don't meddle with anything, even though it's your thought pattern. Don't necessarily go in and try to crowd it one way or crowd it the other way by comment by extra commentary. You need no, it's not necessary to uh, have a lot of commentary or elaboration. Unless you set out to specifically do that for some some kind. But to do it just out of hope and fear creates more chaos, more spinning, some sorrow. Just, I mean, you, I'm not saying you can't talk about the Dharma. We have people teaching here. People who are monks here teach uh, once a month, sometimes more, depending if they go into drug rehab, they're teaching there. People who aren't even monks study here, go in and teach there. So I'm saying you can't you can't teach it out of realization unless, unless you're realized. And if you're realized, then you're tongue-tied because there isn't anybody talking anymore. So it, does the ego mind, it feels like, there's nothing to say. And so there, at some point there needs to be uh, a breakthrough. Sometimes people are, they, they understand it, but they know they can't talk out of it. Because when they try to talk out of it, it still tends to go back and they start reading books about it. So if I knew what, I am so self-conscious and so terrified of what people think of me that I could not do this if I were tongue-tied. Do you understand? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, it's talking in riddles a little bit, but it's like that. It's like, be genuine. 
be. I mean, you can't make a fool. Uh, you can't make a fool out of somebody who's already a fool. Already knows they're totally foolish. What yes, it? it's it's the caving in of your ideas about who you were, who you could be, who you'd like pe- like to be, who you'd like people to think you are. That all collapses into no self, no other. And so, and so the the feeling of that, the, the feeling that the ego has when that starts to happen, is of being a fool, of being being hoodwinked by one's own mind and by society and culture and parents and everyone, but basically by one's self. I don't know where all that comes from, but it's a big load of turnips. You've heard of the turnip truck. No, you, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't born in the 40s like that. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's not necessary to give in, uh, but it's uh, necessary to watch the resistance. If, you, if you're watching, if you're just observing, uh, resistance of anything like that gets its fuel from being agree- agreed with or explained or justified or elaborated on or from being rejected or uh, attempt to destroy it or smush it down or get rid of it. Or uh, because it's karma coming from beginningless time until now, it's already spinning. So if you look away from it, uh, then it gets to keep spinning. So you can't distract yourself. You have to actually be aware of it. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing initially until you see that there really isn't anything there and there's no one here. That's just this. Like it says on the calligraphy back here, as it is. It's just a way of making a statement about it. It's just this. Don't give up. Keep going. Sean. How do you just walk when there's, if you have an automatic reaction to shut it down, just like as soon as you like shut it down, I hear you. and that happens. What's your question? What do you do in that? Just keep watching it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just, just observe it. Spend, spend time. If you're, if the body is in motion at all, even a little bit, uh, it makes it more difficult for the the awareness, the insight to see clearly. So it seems to be necessary, even for short periods. If you can't, if your knees hurt, you can't sit for very long. Then move your knees, flex them, stand up, and everything, and then return to as being as still as you can with your back straight. All of the senses open, in particular the eyes. The reason we have our eyes open is because when you close your eyes, it, it gets closer to what we do when we sleep. But we don't have much in front of us. We have a wall, so that way the, the visual consciousness is, is operating, and it sees the space, but there's not much entertainment going on. So you're weaning yourself away from the need for some kind of, are you listening? What did I say? That's pretty good. So do that. You heard me. Do that. Sit down. Spend a lot of time on the cushion. If you want to do this, it takes a lot of work. And when I say work, it takes a lot of sitting here and... And uh, it's, it's been said, it's been called voluntary suffering. We're already suffering. We know that. But usually we try to get away from it. A monastery is a place where you can come and you can deliberately look at the difficulty itself. And it's, you know, it's different for each person. So every person has a different kind of karma, wiring and everything. That's why one shoe doesn't fit all. That's why if somebody wants to do creation completion practices, I'll teach them. It looks like, having done that, it looks like you could probably do this with sitting practice. Uh, but you may need to do... Um, you may need to do nundro practice or millions of mantras. I don't know. If you want to do that, I'll help you. If you don't trust me, then I'll find a llama for you to go to. So I'm not concerned with uh, getting any kind of getting you to stay doing this. You may need to do something else. If you do, then that. But the way it looks right now, I would say give it a couple of years. You're a young guy. Come in here for look at that wall for a couple of years and don't add. And how do you do that? You see the way you keep elaborating on everything. But you don't add to the elaboration, so there's no double negativity. The first negativity is def- difficult enough. Follow me? What do they say? The first thing. Very good. You know why I'm asking you? Because I, I, I can't quite see your eyes, and it looks like you're looking sideways. That's 
to my nephew. Are you looking sideways? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I could use all the help. I can. <laughs> yeah, sit like that for now. Just kidding. Further question. Shoto. It takes a lot of work. Yes. Word effort. Work or effort, if not effort. Um, this is why we have forms, so that you can come in and do, and do the form. And you know how difficult it is. You've done this form, the forms in here enough. You know how difficult uh, they are. Difficult for, for in different ways, and, uh, and just use the form. So that way you don't you don't have to get in with some kind of exertion going on. It's already set up. It's already a big field. You've got to plow. Here's the field. Plow it. Here's the here's the monastery. Here's the schedule, six and a half hours of sitting meditation every day. Do it. That way you don't have to exert any effort. You just have to do as I say. <laughs> or as I recommend, as I suggest. You can always leave here. I would never uh, have people leave and then stop. You need to do whatever they How's Rumi doing? He's taking in the Dharma? <laughs> you said stabilize on the cushion, but you say stable. I just thought it up. <laughs> so what I'm saying by stabilize, it's not going to feel like stability. But but if you if you look take a big picture uh, view of it, you'll see that you're spending you're spending a lot of time coming in, sitting sit down, hold still, and observe. And the stability part comes from just the repetition of continuing to bring yourself back to uh, stillness, back to silence, back to as simple keep it as simple as possible, so we can see all the the twists and, turtles that, uh, twists and turns that keep going on in uh, what we call the mind. We don't even know what it is. We don't even know if it's our mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't belong to anybody, actually. That shows up later on. How can we function as a... We have a fool for a leader. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said I was a fool. <laughs> Do as I say. <laughs> uh, and that's a... That's a, I mean, I, I say less is better, and I say don't do anything unless you have to. And this, in this way, you just have your own personal causes and conditions, your own personal karma to deal with this stuff you have to relate to because it's arising. But if you limit your activity, if you start to go out and, and if you haven't made friends with this and you've got stuffed aggr passion, aggression, and ignorance down on, under the third rib, uh, then when you go out into the environment, because it's so toxic and so difficult out there that that aggression will trigger this unexamined aggression and the next thing you know instead of being helpful out there with a, your uh, sign that says no more war uh, instead of doing that you're you know you're if somebody attacks you 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 know you, that might be stirred up so less is better and uh, just uh, when I say be a fool of course it's uh, just a feeling of being kind of helpless you know not knowing exactly what to do it's such a big huge uh, leviathan our, our whole world and all the billions of people it's so big that I, I say, train your mind first. If you train your mind, then anything you do will be, uh, it will have a, you could say, a dance-like quality to it. You'll, you'll never make another decision. If you're making decisions, uh, then you're doing it based on relative situation, which can be accurate. But if you if you uh, realize that there is no self, no other, that there isn't anything else. There, is, there isn't anything else but this. It's, uh, you're... You're not only the whole idea of success and failure, the eight worldly dharmas just collapse into each other. Of course, they're not separate from each other anyway. Even life and death go away. But life and death are not two separate things. They're two names for the same thing. So just, just continue to do that. Further uh, further on that question? Do we have to resign? I didn't say anything about resigning. I haven't resigned. <laughs> so you hear me say, don't take your eyes off of it. So in other words, watch the news. You don't have to load up on 
Fox News, you know, to see what's going on. But, you know, you could do a little bit. Do, do, you know, Buddhism is like the teachings of the middle way. It's not too tight, not too loose. Do, do a little bit of that so you're, so you're in touch with the rest of the world, society, and so on as far as you can be. Who knows where all that stuff's coming. So a little bit of that. And then don't particularly go one way or another unless you have to. I mean, I yell at the television. Don't you? Huh? I don't have TV. <laughs> <laughs> he got me there. <laughs> yeah. Should I get rid of mine? Sounds like you're saying I should. <laughs> <laughs> you can use mine. <laughs> so again, coming back to that, it's uh, the, looking for any anything correct or incorrect uh, is not so good. What might be good is to be willing to just not know what the hell to do, but continue to practice, continue to practice, continue to look, continue to interact with others. Continue to not jump to conclusions if you can help it. And if you do jump to conclusions, don't jump to conclusions about the conclusions because that's a further lamination of, uh, that's how the society got so strained because there's so many laminations of ignorance, uh, policies, ideas. So you brought up two questions, two names in the common one is day and night. What's the both names? So we could come up with some kind of fancy idea around that, but it's, it's, it's the idea that they're not separate, not so much uh, going to the continuing on some, some kind of... Uh, ontological track where we have to find out what it is. It's just two names for the same thing. So you already have the same, you already have uh, day, and you already have night, two names for the same thing. Do you still have the question? Why not? I didn't answer it. Paraphrase what you said. Can you, can you paraphrase it? Go ahead. Good job. I like that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah? No? Earlier you said, um, don't miss your life. Are we missing our life and we find ourselves in No, no, because you're aware of the daydream. You might be missing it if you keep trying to push or manipulate yourself into some kind of ideal person who doesn't have daydreams, as if that's some kind of a magical success story. So is a daydream this moment? Could be. Whatever occurs is not separate. So we can say that all the time and even buy into it on some level, but to realize that is, uh, it's like nothing has happened. That's why... Said in the Nirvana Sutra, and I, I think I'm quote, probably paraphrasing that loosely, but uh, realization uh, is uh, there's no accomplishment to it. If nothing is realized, then this is Nirvana, or this is uh, enlightenment. But if something is realized, then this is confusion or delusion because you actually realize something. But if you don't realize something, uh, not going the opposite direction, having some kind of nihilism, it can go that far. It's just like there isn't anything else. You're just as ordinary as you were the, when you started the whole path. Michelle? So, in a sense, are you saying that the ordinary is actually... It's not separate from it. So it's an astonishing situation. At the same time, it's flat out, nothing special. There are even books with those kind of, where teachers are trying to convey that. I think uh, Charlotte Joe Quebec has a book titled Every Day, Nothing Special or something. But yeah, it's a, it is, but it's not, it's not something that is separate from its ordinariness. It's a, the other word, uh, sometimes uh, um, something in... I don't know what, what, what school this comes out of, but uh, Mahamudra, perhaps, is a, a co-emergent wisdom. Co-emergent is confusion and wisdom arise together. They're not separate. There, there isn't anything to know. There's nothing else to know. It's just this. But you, you no longer miss anything. You no longer get anything. Okay. You could say that. Yeah. Like the way uh, Koben, Kobenchino Roshi translates the Heart Sutra, uh, uh, Gate, Gate, Paragate, Parasamya Bodhisattva, is a... Uh, Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. Falling apart, falling apart. So in other words, it's, you could say, I don't know, maybe you didn't mean this at all, but you could say that the whole idea of the world, of who he was and what everything else was, everything just started to fall apart. And here, here he finds himself with 
completely naked of concepts. No, no more, no more conceptual clothing anywhere. So it, there's nothing to do. Of course, then if somebody asks you for help, probably would help them because you're, you're not separate from anyone. So there, I got more help from him probably than I've gotten from anybody. And the kind of help I got is he ignored me. Very grateful. Are we at the end of our sojourn? Very good. Thank you so much. I'd like to call everybody's attention to the donation boxes in the hallway. We gladly receive and appreciate your financial help. We also accept PayPal and debit and credit cards. May the air of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.